Hello, and welcome back to the podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. Mike from Mike's Hot Honey is my guest today, and we're talking about how Mike got started, how he came up with the idea for Mike's Hot Honey, and a couple of his marketing strategies, how he came up with those as well. Because Mike does have a great product. A lot of pizzerias use it around the country. But if you follow them on social media or you've ever been to the expos and you've seen Mike there, they have some really good ideas about how to get exposure for your business, whether that be the briefcase we talk about or the trike. So many different ways that he gets ideas and inspiration and then gets exposure for Mike's Hot Honey free without any, I mean, I mean, you know, some of these things cost money to get them going, but no advertising dollars paid on social media. It's all organic. And he has a great mindset when it comes to what he does for marketing, which you can listen to and then take and go incorporate into your business. Plus, it's good to hear how Mike got started. He's a small operation, started by himself, packaging all the honey himself. He has employees now, and it's a growing company now. But I love to talk to people who started off in the pizza industry and have these products and services that started small. And however big they are now, we talk about Mike's story and how long it took him to get to where he is now and how hard the road actually is. And it's not always easy. It's very much harder than it looks, especially if you find somebody who's, you know, I put success in quotation marks because success is relative. But if they look successful, you don't see the five or 10 years of them behind the scenes, grinding away all the long hours, all the doubts of, is this actually going to work or not? And having, not really being sure if it is going to pay off in the end. So I love hearing people who, it seems as if it is paying off for them after all the years of hard work. And that's today's story. You know, before I get into the story, I do have to say thank you to a couple of products that make this show possible. If you're looking to market your pizzeria in 2021, you have to contact MailShark. It's got to be your direct mail go-to company. Whether you want to get your menu in the hands of new customers or promote your pizza shop with a postcard, magnet, or one of the hottest direct mail pieces, they have these plastic postcards. MailShark will work with you to come up with the best marketing plan that fits your budget, and that's very important in 2021. MailShark gives pizzerias the ability to spread those mailings and payments out over a weekly schedule so it doesn't have to be all upfront money it helps you out lets you work with them to put those content pieces out and pay for it as you go thousands of pizzerias trust mail shark with their direct mail and printing marketing they are the best in the industry give them a call today 610-621-5116 or you can visit them at themailshark.com forward slash SPM to find out how they can help your pizza shop. They have so many options available. Again, 610-621-5116 or themailshark.com forward slash SPM. If you're looking for consistent quality and superior fresh tomato flavor, check out Stanislaus Food Products. Real Italian values guide this family-owned company. Values like work hard, never cut corners, always do your best, and keep your word. They know consistent flavor and quality is crucial to great food. That's why they work so hard to provide you with the freshest tomato flavor can after can. You can follow them on Instagram at Stanislaus Tomatoes for weekly business building ideas from other successful pizzerias. And I have to say over the past few months, I've been using Stanislaus products in my pizzas that you see over on Instagram that I'm making at home. And I'm very happy with the results. I love this food product and I'm very picky about who we suggest you use here on the podcast. So if you hear them on the podcast, you know, I endorse them. I use them. I enjoy them. So if you're listening to this, go check them out on Instagram at Stanislaus Tomatoes. You will not regret it. 
Don't forget to check out the website as well. We'll take all the show notes for you, smartpizzamarketing.com, and the lab is open. If you want some inspiration, some ideas, access to all of our webinars and all of our challenges, whether that be the TikTok challenge we're going to be doing coming up or our past Instagram challenge, which we may redo because there's been some changes to the Instagram algorithm and how hashtags are performing that I think are going to be affecting your Instagram growth and reach. We talked about that inside the lab last week, but the lab is open again. Smartpizzamarketing.com forward slash lab. If you would like to join, it's open. We would love to have you. All right, let's get into today's episode with Mike from Mike's Hot Honey. Here you go. All right, well, welcome back to the podcast. Mike from Mike's Hot Honey is joining me. We've been talking for a while about getting Mike to join me on the podcast, and you're all over the pizza scene, all over the pizza world, but you do more than just pizza. So, Mike, first of all, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast. Oh, it's my pleasure. Thanks for having me, Bruce. I think we met at the Pizza Expo a couple of years ago, and obviously you do a lot with pizza restaurants and you're in New York, so you, you're familiar with the pizza scene, but give everybody a little background about like what you do, because it's not just pizza related. Right. So um, I started Mike's Hot Honey 11 years ago. Um, it was a hobby for a long time before that, and we can get into that a little bit, but um, I started as a one-man operation. I was uh, working at Pauly G's making pizzas there, and I had been making this hot honey as a hobby and brought some for for Paulie to try and he liked it on the pizzas started drizzling on the pizzas and um, uh, people started asking me where they could buy it out of the restaurant and it, it just sort of became this hit out of the restaurant I started selling bottles off the bar at Pauly G's in uh, it was Christmas of 2010 and uh, so so here we are 11 years later um, we're a nationally distributed brand um, at retail and food service um, we're in over 15,000 points of distribution on the retail side. So lots of supermarkets across the country in the honey aisle, um, lots of specialty food stores. And on the food service side, we work with food service distributors across the country. Um, over 2,000 restaurants feature the product on the menu, um, many of them pizzerias, as you know. And, yeah. um, you know, the I'm, I'm a pizza guy at heart. The pizza community is my community. And, um, you know, the, the pizzerias we work with are, are the primary drivers of brand awareness for us. So they're they're a huge part of the story. Um, and yeah, I mean, personally, um, you know, I'm my role in the company at this point where, you know, I started as a one man operation. We're up to almost 20, 20 people on our staff now. That's great. Um, you know, basically still make one product. We pack it in a range of different pack sizes for different usage occasions. Um but my personal role in the business is that I'm, I'm mostly focused on the marketing side. Um, I run our social media. Um, I uh, run point on partnerships with restaurants, food service partners. Um, you know, a lot of pizzerias, fried chicken places, bars that use it in cocktails, and then a whole range of other types of restaurants from ice cream shops using it, places that are using it on seafood, um, cheese and charcuterie. You name it. It's kind of just it lives. Um, the product lives in a um, in a wide range of places. It's it's highbrow and lowbrow. So like you know we're at retail. We're sold at at Italy, but we're also sold at Walmart. And you know on the food service side, we're we're sold at like a you know little corner slice shop. We're used on the pizzas at a corner slice shop, but we're also on the menu at like. Blue Hill, a Michelin star restaurant. So we kind of live everywhere. 
um, and and we're highbrow, lowbrow, and everything in between. I actually was in the grocery store the other day, and I saw your brand in the grocery store as I was shopping. And I was like, "Hey, I'm talking to that guy next week." <laughs> nice. Where where do you shop for groceries? Um, it's just like a local market basket or stop and shop, which is located kind of in our area here in Boston. We have like Shaw's Market Basket, Stop and Shop. So if you're in the Northeast area, you're kind of familiar with those brands. Yeah, Stop and Shop was my. Uh, local grocery store growing up yeah. so it was, it was pretty exciting to get on the shelf there i'm fascinated with like how you got started because you said you started this as you know you were making pizzas at poly g's and then you started this on the side you know first of all what how did you transition from because i mean it's easy to make something at home and like package it for a one location place like what was your thought process behind mass producing it like how did you go from small batches to larger batches? Like how long did that take you and how did you figure that out? Yeah. Uh, scaling up the business was definitely the hardest part so far. Um, so, you know, as I said, it was a hobby for about six, seven years before I met Polly. So I was just making it for my own personal use to drizzle on pizza. I would give it out to friends and family around the holidays and I was always like a pizza enthusiast. I used to make a lot of pizza at home. Um, you're probably familiar with Slice Blog on, on Serious Eats. That was like yeah. a place on the internet back in the day where like everybody would sort of congregate to share information about pizza. And um, so I was on Slice Blog a lot and uh, making a lot of pizza at home. And I used to work in the music business. So that was like my day job. But uh, at night, I'd be making pizzas at home and, and reading up about different different things in the pizza world on slice and i kept on seeing this handle show up in the comments it was paulie g and i'm like who is this guy he was like a serial commenter he was commenting on every <laughs> post and i'm like what, what's up with this guy he seems to be like all over the place and um and then uh they profiled him on serious eats they went to his backyard in jersey and he was doing like a pizza um a little like pizza tasting in his wood-fired oven in the backyard that was before he and opened his paulie g's right Right. This was like shortly before he opened and they mentioned that he was going to be opening a pizzeria in Greenpoint, which is right near where I lived at the time. So I, uh, I went there right when he first opened and, you know, met him and he came by the table as he does with like pretty much every customer. And we were chatting about his dough recipe and his oven. And he, at the end of the conversation, invited me to um, come make pizzas there at night, become a pizza apprentice. And uh, my girlfriend was like, listen, like, if you don't take him up on this, like, I'm going to kill you, basically, because <laughs> I had co-opted our kitchen. There was flour everywhere. And like, she's like, you need to take this hobby out of the house. So I started going <laughs> in after my day job, like learning how to make pizzas. And then eventually, like, started working there full time and, um, you know, started selling bottles out of the restaurant. And I continued to do that for the first like three years, I was still working in the restaurant, making pizzas or working as a manager or bartender, uh, connecting with a lot of people from, from the area that way. Um, and also just having like a place that was a real testing ground to yeah. kind of like get feedback on the product and sort of like see how people reacted to it. Um, but I was personally bottling, capping, labeling, shipping, delivering wow. every single bottle for the first, almost for the first five years, like four and a half years before I was able to scale up. And um, so it was a very like small operation. I was, um, you know, I was personally shipping stuff out to restaurants and retailers across the country and then like making local deliveries in my uh, 95 Geo Prism. 
that had 200,000 miles on it, <laughs> weighed down with honey. It was like, it was pretty crazy. It was, I used to refer to that car as the death mobile because it, it felt like a little go-kart. Like, <laughs> uh, it was, it was pretty funny, but I did that for a while and, and scaling up was tricky because, um, you know, there was no template for how to make Mike's Hot Honey at scale because the product didn't exist. Um, and I quickly learned that co-packers who are filling sauces or producing sauces uh, were not compatible with my production process. So you need honey-specific filling equipment in order to, to fill honey bottles. So, uh, you know, all the sauce co-packers were sort of off the table. I started contacting different honey packers to see if somebody would work with me. And I had a lot of trouble because nobody wanted to uh, risk cross-contaminating a, a run of pure honey with my honey. And they were saying, look, if we clean the production line, but there's still some chili pepper remnants and it contaminates a run of pure honey, we're screwed because right. obviously honey is very expensive and like it's a, it's a valuable commodity and nobody was willing to take the risk on, on me. So... I had a I had a lot of trouble finding uh, a packer to work with me, and then finally, um, you know, after literally years of looking for somebody, um, uh, I was referred to a guy who owns an apiary in upstate New York, Grant Styles Styles Apiaries, and the person who referred me was like, you know, he's he's a little crazy, but he might just be crazy enough to work <laughs> with you. So um, it turned out to be the truth, you know. He he. He, he was like, look, like, I'll pack anything. You know, I'll infuse your honey with chili peppers. I don't see the point in it, but I'll, I'll do it as long as you give me, you know. Yeah. And pretty soon he became a believer, um, you know, once he saw, like, that, that sales were growing. But we basically had to MacGyver uh, a production line, and he was willing to work with me on that. So it took, it took several months of just trial and error, testing different pieces of equipment on the line to, to set it up. Um, and we finally got it dialed into the point where, you know, it was working. And our first production line was basically out of his, it was almost like a garage, like, the, you know, and he told me, he was like, look, um, I know this looks like a small space, but I assure you we can do a ton of volume out of this, this, this production line. And I was nervous because I was like, look, I know we're going to grow quickly once, once we kind of like start working with distributors he was like, don't worry, I got you. Like, and he's, he's kind of like a man of his word. He's like an old school kind of handshake type, type guy. And, um, turned out to be true. Like we ended up filling, uh, an order for 4,000 Walmart stores in that tiny, wow. out of that tiny garage. And, um, you know, years later we were able to, um, work with him to build out a new production facility. So now we're running like a, a brand new state of the art production facility that's SQF certified, meets the highest levels of food safety standard and, and almost unlimited capacity. So we've come a long way. <laughs> do you just have one skew or do you have like multiple skews? No, we have, we have a bunch of skews. So the original skew is the 12 ounce bottle. Yeah. So that's the hero skew that you see on shelf at, at retail. Um, and then going from like smallest to, to largest, we've got the, we've got the packets. These are single serving packets uh, for, uh, delivery and to go. We've also got dip cups that a lot of uh, restaurants, pizzerias are using for delivery and to go. Um, and we've got the mini jars for weddings, cheese and charcuterie. Um, you see these also at retail in some cases next to the 12 ounce bottle. Um, 
We just rolled out extra hot recently, so that you'll see on the shelf next to the original. It's it's much hotter than the original. For so for anybody who feels like the original is not hot enough, I recommend trying the extra hot. Um, and then on the food service side, we've got Chef's bottles. Yeah. This is the primary food service queue that most pizzerias and restaurants use. And we've also got gallon jugs, like places that want it in true bulk or um, uh, you know places that are using it in sauces, that sort of thing. How hot is the extra hot? You know, it's it's subjective because everybody kind of has a different like heat range that they're that they're comfortable with, but. Um, it's really, really, really hot. I don't know if I could swear on the podcast, yeah, can, yeah. but um, it's really fucking hot. <laughs> it's really fucking hot. Like, is that available yet, or is that it, something new? It is available, so you'll see it on retail. Like you'll see it in Whole Foods. Um, you'll see it in some Walmart stores. Like it, it's rolling out to retailers across the country now. So some stores just have the original, but some will have extra hot there. It's available on Amazon. Uh, it's available through our website, so you can definitely get it. It's like for for people who really, really wanted something hotter. Um, and also, the original, depending on what type of food you eat it on, like if it's a fattier food, sometimes the heat gets absorbed by the fat in the food. So for something that, that you want to really cut through all of the fat, the extra hot is, 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 is your go-to. Was that something that people were asking for, or you just wanted to do it? Oh, no, people were asking. People have been asking for this for ten years. Really? Yeah, people have been asking for ten years, and and finally, you know, our strategy has been to like keep things really tight with the core. You know, people are always asking, "When are you going to roll out like my saw honey barbecue sauce and this and that?" Yeah. And it's like our strategy is to really just like we don't want to lose focus, and we feel like we still have a lot of room to grow just in the core product, and we think the core product is really special, and we just want to focus on that. So like. Doing extra hot even was like a big jump for us, you know, because. So, um, yeah, you know, I, we, I, I we, we, we talk about that on the podcast a lot, too, because people, you know, who run restaurants and pizzerias like, you know, that sometimes they'll they'll have too many things on the menu and it and it takes away from the the ability to make those things really good versus just OK. And, you know, especially right now where labor's tight the more things you have the more training it takes the more the harder it is to have the the item be the same every time someone comes in so that's a smart move like you know if you still room to grow why expanded more products when you can just grow that one thing and make it the best in this category yeah we try to focus on quality and i'll just give you a pizza analogy like when i my philosophy on pizza is less is more like yeah you use like like when I see pizzas that have more than like four ingredients on them, I'm like, I'm starting to feel like, all right, this is probably going to be too much. Like just focus on like balance and quality of ingredients. And, uh, that, that to me is like the, the key with pizza and also the key with like building out products. Like I, I see restaurants doing all these things like Tony Bologna's. He's a great example. Like Tony Bologna's like Mike. Um, I don't know if you ever had him on the pod, but yeah. like, He's yeah. I mean, you see his menu. He's got a million different things, and I'm I'm like, damn, Mike. Like, how do you do it? Because his pizza's good, and like, but he's got so many different menu items and all these different yeah, like right. toppings. 
And I'm like, damn, man, it's like hard enough for me to do one thing. Like I can't, I don't know how people do like operate restaurants with that many menu items. It's, it's quite impressive. Yeah. He has a huge, not only is it, not only is his menu huge, but his menu items are very elaborate. Like he has, you know, some of the pizzas that he has on it has like 27 steps. I've talked to him about on the podcast. I'm like, how do you make, how do you maintain the 27 steps it takes to make that topping ingredient for that one pizza that you have? It's crazy. The things that he does for each one of his pizzas. And he does this out of like relatively small spaces too. Yeah. Like I've been, his, I've been in his spot in Hoboken. It's a small prep kitchen. And he did tell me like, he tries to create overlap with ingredients that were like me used on multiple items. So I know that that's part of like the, the process, but still it's like, it's crazy. I don't know. It must be really difficult. Yeah. He does a great job at marketing as do you. Like, you know, I, I think I was watching a video of you on your Instagram. You were pushing, like you had a bicycle with like a cart in the front. You do a mic strike. Yeah, you do. A, you do a fantastic job with branding in in marketing. What, tell us a little bit about that. Like, what goes on in your brain about like what you're gonna do to promote the brand? Yeah. Um, bring people together over food and uh, connect in an authentic way with restaurants and consumers and authenticity is a big part of it. Like what, what we do is we try to be outside a lot. Like we know that, especially in a place like New York city, you don't necessarily need to produce an elaborate event. Like we've got the Mike's trike. It's a tricycle. It's not a food truck. It's not anything too crazy. It's right outside the store in the office. I was riding around the neighborhood yesterday. (laughs) If you take that thing outside, you don't need to like produce a huge event. You just need to like be outside with that in a place where there are a lot of people and you're going to draw people in and connect with uh, potential consumers and create experiences for people that are memorable. So like we realized like, especially this summer we had it outside a lot because we were coming off the pandemic right. and like, you know, I guess we're still in the pandemic, but like people were really excited to be able to like have human interaction again and like, you know, we were, we were, we knew it was going to be, be a big cultural moment for New York city going through what everybody went through last year to be able to like have a summer where we could all be together. So we were outside constantly with the trike, um, just out in the street, showing up at different events, um, putting on events with different food service partners. Like we did a trike tour of Philadelphia, which was great where we just put the trike in a minivan it just barely fit. There was like this much space left. <laughs> we got it in the minivan, drove it down to Philly, and we just did a tour and visited our customers. We hit like Angelo's, uh, we hit Mike's Barbecue, Pizzata. We did an event with Pizza John and Big Rube. And we would just pull up the trike in front of the restaurant. We'd have a DJ with us playing music, uh, giving away like swag, giving away honey, um, and just creating like a whole total experience for people and connecting with people in a genuine way. And I think that's like the key for us. It's like, we just want to, we're not like, we're not trying to like, we don't, we don't do a ton of influencer marketing where we, we like, we just want to really connect with people. Like we we don't want to make a hard sell to them. We just want to share the product with them, share some love with them and hope that they reciprocate. I think I know what you mean. You don't like want to pay an influencer to talk about 
Mike's Hot Honey. You'd rather like collaborate with these pizzeria owners, like you said, when you're going down to Philly and kind of hanging out with your customers. And that's influencer marketing, but it's not the way most people think of influencer marketing, which is, hey, let me pay you to post about my product. Right. And we've done some influencer marketing, but I can tell you like the stuff that's the most impactful is when you actually are really showing love to like a restaurant and like connecting with the people who work in that restaurant in a genuine way and promoting that restaurant as a, as a, as a partner and, and showing them love. And like, that just creates like, like you you be, that restaurant becomes a beacon for the brand after that. Like we have a neon sign um, that we give out to restaurants we feel like are really special. It's almost all pizzerias, but it's almost like for us, it's like we can't make a lot of them because they're expensive. Yeah. But like if we're offering a neon sign to you, like that means like we really believe in the product you're putting out. We believe in your cooking. The food that you're, you're, you're making is exceptional to us and we want you to be a part of our family and that's like, that's what it is. It's like a badge of honor. It's like you're in the family now. Like we, we put up a, we don't just like send a neon sign to you. We try to do an event around it. We just did one in um, a tribute pizza in San Diego, which is a great pizzeria in San Diego. Lines is the he's the owner. Um, it's in an old post office in San Diego, but he's a, he's an example of like somebody who's going above and beyond to make great food. And you know, we we got him a neon and we did a whole illumination ceremony at the restaurant and like it was awesome and we got a chance to really like connect with the staff there and um connect with his customers and so we're trying to do as much of that as, as we can do you have any of those in boston any any signs in boston or you gotta bring that trike up to boston we should do one of those tours like you did in philly here we need to and actually i'm trying to think i don't think we have any neon signs in boston which is, that's like a hole in our, that's a hole in our, our map. But um, we, we, I would definitely love to take the trek up and do a little pizza tour of Boston. We got some great customers there. Like, uh, I don't think you know Stoke. What is it? Stoke Pizza? Yeah. Stoke? Yeah. Like he's been, he's one of our oldest like pizza customers in Boston. He makes great pizza and just like has always been a great partner. So that's like kind of an example of someone, I don't know if he listens to this podcast, but uh, you know, like they like we're, we look for places that are really special. Um, we just sent one up to Luis at Peels on Wheels in Rochester. Oh yeah. I've had him on the podcast um, too. Yeah. You know, he, he'd been doing his, his pop-up for a long time and I saw like the work he was putting into his craft and like, I knew, like I could tell, like this guy really, really cares about the product he's putting out there and he really is trying to give people a special experience. So he just opened up his first brick and mortar and we got a, we got a neon um, up there. Um, trying to think of other recent neons. We sent one to Slice Four Twenty in Colorado Springs. Yeah. Christian, like they've been a great partner. Um, that I think they're getting ready to open up their second location. But um, you know, like that—that's an example of an exceptional shop that's really like. Tr- like working hard to put out great product and give people a special experience. I also saw you do something at the, uh, I think it was the pizza expo. Maybe I saw on your Instagram where you had like a briefcase and you were kind of walking around with the briefcase with Mike's hot honey in it. That's pretty funny. Yeah. It's actually out here. I can go and grab it if you want to see it. Yeah. Go um, grab it. I want to check it. I want to show people this. This is pretty cool. This is a friends and presto lock briefcase. This is the same model briefcase that was in Pulp Fiction. 
So <laughs> that, that's the idea, the inspiration behind it. In, you know. Yeah. You never actually see what's inside the briefcase. You just see the glow yeah. when they open it, but you never see. It. So now you're gonna see what was in the briefcase. <laughs> that's awesome. That's such a, that's such a good idea too. Oh, they light up. Yeah, so they're backlit. Um, so yeah, that's that's the briefcase. So if you're listening, um, if you're listening to the podcast, go check out our YouTube channel. You'll see this. Mike opened up a briefcase. In the briefcase, there's Mike's hot honey laid out, and it's got a backlit underneath, so you can kind of light up, just kind of like you would see in you know the Pulp Fiction movie that you're referring to. Like guy opens up the briefcase, and all you see is like the glow on his face, right? Right. You don't actually exactly. see what's so in there. I found that. I found the same model briefcase and there's a fabrication shop that's around the corner from us and they were kind of slow during the pandemic and they um they helped me make it. It's uh Pink Sparrows, the fabrication studio. Shout out to Pink Sparrow for for helping me realize my crazy vision with this cuz sometimes this is an example of like one of those crazy ideas that normally just never materializes because like who's going to actually make a, a honey briefcase? Right. But my my thing with like marketing is like I try to surprise and delight people whenever I can. And I like, especially as a honey brand, like the honey aisle is pretty sleepy part of the store and honey <laughs> brands in general are not usually not like exciting doing stuff like this. Yeah. So like I, I try to like go above and beyond to entertain people a little bit. And like I had a, I had this handcuff to my wrist um, when I was in Vegas for the pizza expo. And I was like, I was walking around the casinos with a handcuff to handcuffed to my wrist and it was, it was pretty funny but it's a great party trick and also for like like you go to these like sales meetings with people like if you present the product that way they're always going to remember yeah, you of course you know, how many all- how many selfies did people want to take with you holding that briefcase too every time literally every time i open the briefcase people just say hang on a second can you do that one more time yeah. for the gram exactly so like, like you're getting free advertising too because they're all sharing it across all their platforms Exactly. You know, the the one downside of that, Bruce, is that it's happened a little bit like in Vegas, like a bunch of people took pictures of it and like shared it. And then like I would run into people and they'd already know what was in the briefcase. They already uh, seen it. So it kind of takes the magic away. So I was like, maybe I need to put like a, a no photo rule on this thing because like too many people are seeing it online. I want people to experience the magic in person. Yeah. But then like you can't do that because you like the power of the internet's too big and you can't just like limit the exposure like that. Should have taken but it's photos always like, great. People- yeah. You should have taken photos. Like, all right, the only photo you can take is if I don't show the actual contents of the briefcase. Yeah. It's just like, yeah, you can't, you can't do that. But like, uh, it's great. It's really fun when like people have no idea, you know, like we were in Philly on the, the trike tour and we were in brewery town, um, and these two guys were like in a car uh parked across the street and they saw me with the trike and i was wearing my burgundy head to toe and i had the hat and the briefcase and they're looking at me like who the fuck is this guy like what <laughs> like what is going on here and i just like walked up to the window of the car and opened the briefcase and they were both like what <laughs> and then i gave them bottles out of the briefcase and walked off and like i know that they'll always remember that you know it's true. That's like a story that I'll tell people. So I could try to try to make a little magic for people. Do you come up with those ideas? Like, or do you have a team that you work with and kind of brainstorm your marketing ideas? I mean, we don't have much of a market. Like it's, 
like I, we have a small marketing team, um, but I'm kind of a left brain type of guy. Like I'm that these are I I think of a lot of the crazy stuff, and then my team tells me that's a terrible idea or we can't execute it, and a lot of my ideas never see the light of day. So, um, but we have we have a, a marketing manager. Um, we're we're actually bringing on a marketing director. Um, so we'll have some real professionals to help us grow the brand. I'm very excited to to be able to work with people like that because because up until now it's basically just been it's basically been me. Is the briefcase one like your best idea you think so far? The most the one that got the most like smiles I mean, from people. The briefcase is a, is definitely up there. The briefcase and the trike, I think. Like yeah. the trike is the trike is so great. It just like we use it all the time. And it's so simple, and because it's not motorized and it's not like a vehicle, it allows you to just you can put it anywhere. Like yeah. I was hawking honey in Central Park, just like passing out samples. I had some ice cream because it's got a cold box on the front, so you can put the dry ice in there. And I was doing vanilla ice cream with a drizzle of honey, and I was there all day. And then like I didn't have a permit or anything, and <laughs> this park ranger finally like pulls up next to me in in her truck, and she rolls down the window, and she's like, "Excuse me, sir." you have a permit for that thing? And I was like, no, ma'am, I'm sorry, I don't. And she just goes, I'm just fucking with you. <laughs> and then just drives off as she's like laughing. Oh my I'm God. like, wow, they really don't care. Like, I think if it's not motorized, you can kind of get away with like having it anywhere. And also like in New York, since the pandemic, things have gotten like a little bit more loose in terms of like what you can do on the street. Cause in general, they just want you to be outside. Right. So like if you're, as long as you're outside, like, you're good. So and you weren't selling anything, yeah, trick, right? You were just giving it away. Yeah, we, we we pretty much never like we almost never sell off the track. It's pretty much just free samples. I want to put a, a GPS tracker on it so people can like log in and oh, see yeah. where the track is at any given time. And I'm you know we're gonna take this winter to make some upgrades. So when it comes out uh, next summer, she'll be like she'll have some new features. Um. I really want to do an extra hot trike so I can have the two trikes just like weaving back and forth or have like a fleet of trikes. But, but yeah, expanding the trike program is definitely in our future. What about Pete's Expo? Will you guys, I know you guys go there. Is that, is that usually a place where you kind of hang out with all the pizza people? You like the Pizza Expo? The Pizza Expo is like our Super Bowl. Yeah. It's, it's probably the biggest event we do for our brand in terms of connecting with customers. It's nice because we get to see so many people in the same place at the same time. Um, cause it's hard, like, especially during the pandemic, you weren't really traveling. So you, you didn't get, to, there was a lot of people I saw at Expo that I hadn't seen in a while. Um, and you know, our operation, what's great about it for us is like, we're a complimentary product. And right. so like, like at pizza Expo, the first day of the show, we just go around the, at the beginning of the show, the first thing we do, we get in, and we just go around the show floor and pass out bottles to anybody who wants one, you know. And that way, like, it magnifies the impact of the brand at the show because people are tasting it on all this pizza. This year was, like, the show was a shell of itself because, yeah. you know, a lot of the biggest booths weren't there. A lot of the oven companies and flour companies weren't there. And they're usually the ones making the best pizza. So it was definitely, like, way smaller uh, than it than it normally is. But... We scanned, I think we came away with more leads this year than we did 2019 just wow. because there were fewer exhibitors. So like if whoever did show up got decent leads, but 
but yeah, it's a it's a good show for us just because it's like it's a chance to connect with so many different people in the pizza space all, all at the same time. And I know a lot of the people who do the competitions, you know, a lot of those uh, pizza makers use your product on the uh, yeah. on the pizzas they make for the competition, which is cool. Yeah, I mean, anybody listening who's a pizza maker, if you ever are competing or you need a bottle or you need a sample, you just let us know. We're very liberal about getting the product out into the world. We just want people to taste it, you know? Let's go. Well, so me, we're, like, we're, yeah, go ahead. I was just saying, like, to me, like, a bottle going out into the world, like, even if it's, I'm giving it away for free, it's a foot soldier for the brand. Yeah. You know, like, so many people are going to taste it and experience it. So, like, that's... That's money well spent, in, in my opinion. Yeah, if you believe in your product, too. If you really believe you have the best product or a really good product, get it into somebody's hand for them to try it. And if you do have faith and it is a good product, then that's the best way to get someone to try it and then to become a customer versus trying to market, market, market to get them to buy it right off the bat. Just tr- let them try it. And if it's good enough, they'll buy it. Yeah. Where could people go if they do want a sample? Let's, let's get some, some people in the Boston area to get some Mike's Hot Honey so we can have that trike come up here and we can do some events. Where could people yeah, go? Yeah, I mean, if, if you're saying to contact us directly for samples or, or where can they buy the product? Both. Okay, so um, we have a store la- locator on our website, mikesouthoney.com. You can punch in your zip code there and it'll pull up all the retailers. But, you know, Whole Foods, Target, Walmart, Kroger, Publix, Safeway, Albertsons, like in the Boston area, Shaw's Market Basket, Whole Foods, um, Stop and Shop. Um, there's a lot of retailers, but the store locator, you'll, you'll see where it's at. Also, Amazon, it's available on Amazon, the Extra Hot and the Original. Um, Amazon Prime, you know, you get it like the next day, basically. Yeah. Uh, you can get it directly from our website, mikesouthoney.com. And then if you ever want a sample, we have a sample request form on our website. Um, you can also DM us on Instagram, ask for a sample. You can email us. Um, if you're a pizzeria listening, you want samples, email us at wholesale at mikesouthoney.com and we'll, we'll get you set up. Um, the other thing I wanted to share is that like we have, um, we have these displays that we just, um, came out with. These are for pizzerias that want to retail bottles. Oh yeah. So it's like a 12 ounce display for a pizzeria to just put these on the counter and, uh, you know, I think the holidays coming up, I think like a lot of people will want to buy bottles if they taste it at the restaurant. And then we also have a dip cup display, which is also for the counter of a pizzeria where you can merchandise the dip cups, um, you know, sell them for like a buck fifty to your customers um, when they're taking a pie to go. So um, if you need those, just, just email us. Wholesale at mikesahoney.com. My personal email, if you need to reach me, honey at mikesahoney.com. I won't give out my cell phone, but you can always DM me. On <laughs> yeah, don't do that. <laughs> your personal, your email is good enough. Do you do, do, do you have like distributors that distribute Mike's Hot Honey? Or if a pizzeria wants to purchase it, do they purchase it direct from you? Um, most of our pizzerias purchase through a distributor, and that's usually logistically the easiest way. So, like, yeah, we work with all the major broadliners, you know, um, PFG, U.S. Foods, Cisco. Um, we work with like Ferraro, Sansone, Campania, um, lots of smaller pizza-focused distributors all over the country. So we're we're widely distributed. So chances are, either your food service distributor already has it, and if they don't have it, 
Um, they can order it through Dot Foods, which is like the sort of redistributor that sells to distributors. So like Dot is cool because it, even if your distributor just wants to pull a couple cases from Dot, they can pull like a one case minimum and get it for you as opposed to having to bring in like a full pallet from us. So, so yeah, um, we have a full list of distributors on our website as well. If anybody wants to see that, it's just, uh, it's on the food service page of our website. Um, and you can see all the distributors and the different SKUs they carry. And then if your distributor doesn't have it, you can't get them to bring it in. You just email us wholesale at mikesathoney.com and, and we'll, we'll get you product direct wholesale. Nice. Mike, don't hang up yet, but it was great having you on the podcast. Thank you so much for hanging out with me here. Oh, it's my pleasure, Bruce. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much to Mike for joining us on the podcast. Check out Mike's Hunt Honey on Instagram. The video is over on our YouTube channel or the show notes at smartpizzamarketing.com. We'll link up everything we talked about. How to get a hold of Mike. How to check if you can get a sample of Mike's Hot Honey to see if you want to use it in your business. Mike on Instagram, so you can go check out the cool things he's doing with marketing and the laboratory, which we talked about beginning of this podcast. You can go check out over at smartpizzamarketing.com. Thank you so much for tuning in. Very much appreciate you. Don't forget, if you have a question, a comment, a suggestion for a topic for a future episode of the podcast, or you want to join me as a guest on the podcast, you can reach out to me direct. Bruce at smartpizzamarketing.com is my email. We're also, we, as in me, is also on Instagram at the Bruce Irving and smartpizzamarketing.com on Instagram. Hit me up. Say hello. I'll throw you a follow. Thank you so much for tuning in. Appreciate you. We'll see you right back here next week.